So guys, I think you're going to really love this. If you love the movies and you love the big screen experience, you're going to really enjoy this latest many screens, big picture podcast for Comscore. I'm so thrilled today to have Maggie McKay, executive director of Vidiots and board member Claudia Puig as well, board member for Vidiots on the program. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. I think this is so cool. I mean, in a, we're living in a world where we've been hearing about movie theaters shutting down a year like no other for the movie business. Right now, about 60% of theaters are open. We're not at 100%. We've heard about a lot of chains not being able to weather the storm. But what you are doing is you're going all in on the movie theater. You're literally taking what is an iconic name in Vidiots and an iconic location the Eagle Theater in beautiful Eagle Rock and turning that into cinematic heaven. So let's talk about that. Maggie, you have the floor. I I actually met with you this week and went to the space and looked at it. It's amazing. Tell us about what you're doing and what the space looks like. What is this initiative all about? This initiative is all about ensuring that existing and future generations continue to have access to cinema and access to a thriving, healthy, affordable, equitable, artistic, creative, inspiring space that's all exists around film. Anybody who's involved with film and who grew up loving film came to love it, I would say generally because they had access to movie theaters and they had access to video stores. And that's something that, you know, goes without saying, we're seeing those access points disappear minute by minute. You're combining both though, right? It's a video store and a movie theater in one space, I should say, a big space, 11,000 square feet. Talk a little bit about having that combo. People talk about the big screen versus the small screen. I always say they're complementary and additive, not adversarial. And you're walking the walk, not just talking the talk of that. Yeah, you said it. I mean, the point is that these two things fit together. And the idea that you can go into a theater and watch something and be inspired by it and then walk a few steps away and find a filmmaker's entire filmography sitting there waiting for you to explore it, or you can bring someone to the video store and introduce them to something new, have a conversation with someone, learn something new, and then a few weeks later, go and see that filmographer's, that director's work on a big screen. And that goes the same for anybody working in film. So if you're a costume designer and you're working in the industry and you've got a period piece to be able to have access to an enormous film library that really covers the entire history of this long art form. It really makes your job a whole different thing. And while streaming services are fantastic in a lot of ways, they are problematic when they make other points of access obsolete. So what we're doing is just making sure that there are more points of access and that these points of access are affordable and accessible to as many people as we can can get into that building. And how many times have you seen a movie where you immediately think, 
oh, I'd love to see other movies by this person. I'd like to know more about this person or an actor or just, you know, somebody, a cinematographer. And it's like a one-two punch. You can see the movie and you can go in the video store and you just normally never have that opportunity. So it's just such a wealth of, of opportunity for those of us who are cinephiles. I think this is an incredible opportunity for film lovers to get together. I mean, we talk about lobby talk. Usually that means people watch a movie and people are kind of walking around the lobby where there may be some popcorn and soda, but not necessarily a video store or an area where you go look at titles or just talk to like-minded cinephiles who love movies. The experiential part, the communal part, we talk about, we usually mean in terms of the communal nature of sitting in the theater with a bunch of strangers. But I like what you guys are doing with this new space that you're developing, that you're taking that next level to where communal means not just being in the same room in a dark room with people watching a movie, but when you leave that darkened room, go into the lobby, go into the video store, maybe have a drink or a beer, you know, something like that. It builds this community around film. And never have I seen people bond who have never met over when you name a director and they happen to love that director. Oh, have you seen that movie that they directed? Do you know? That's an instantaneous bond. So I think you're really doing something great here. Claudia, how did you get involved in this? I know you're the president of the LA Film Critics Association and so much more. Your bio reads, it's incredible. Tell us how you got involved with Maggie McKay, who's the executive director of this initiative and Vidiots. How did you get involved in this? Well, I've known Maggie and our paths have intertwined. We both worked in film festival, film festival world and programming and and she's such a dynamo. And I was a fan of Vidiots and met with Patty and Kathy too to talk about what was going on early before they had found the Eagle Theater and just been a champion. And so Maggie approached me. I said, yes, of course, I would love to. I mean, as a person who, you know, when you're a film critic, a film curator, you're you're a zealot. You're like a missionary. You know, you want yeah. to get out there and like <laughs> yeah. proselytize. You know, you got to see this movie. You got to see this. And so this is yet one more opportunity, you know, for those lesser screened classics, the unheard of gems, you know, it's an opportunity to, to get those out in front of people. So, you know, it's, I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. I think it's amazing. And and Maggie, I know that originally you were supposed to be finished with the build out of this space. And we'll talk a little bit more about the history of the space and where it exactly is and, and what it looks like today and what it'll look like in eight months or so. But it just seems that you hit the perfect idea but then COVID hit, but then now it seems like it's an even more opportune time because I think people now realize after being cooped up at home for so long that the movie theater is the ultimate experience in terms of watching movies and that to have also your team be the curators for this. And also you have a lot of big filmmakers on board, which I want you to mention the various talent that are all in on this. Tell us more about the space, how this came to be, what the timeline was in terms of you were going to do it, I think in 2019, you were going to start, COVID hit, the theaters shut down March 20 of 2020. What was that like for you? That had to be really kind of shocking at the time. Yeah, well, as as I often say, when I got involved um, with Vidiots, it was in 2016. Patty and Kathy are incredible founders, and our Claudia and I are co board members. I often say to them, you know, Vidiots has has never been an easy job. It's my dream job. 
it fills me with a sense of purpose that in the 22 years I've been working in the film industry, I've really never experienced. And I'm a pretty passionate person about my work. And I have loved all of my experiences, but Vidiots is, a, is on another level. I really see the mission at work every single day. I see it proving itself out. And when we shuttered in 2017, when we shuttered Santa Monica, we did essentially what Patty and Kathy did in 1985, which was we looked at the film landscape and we looked for where there was a gap in the culture. And what we knew was that there were very few screening spaces on the east side of Los Angeles. There are very, very few large scale brick and mortar open to the public screening spaces founded and helmed by women, which we don't even have to talk about the problems that stem from that. We knew that there were very few community centric and repertory sort of directed screening spaces on the east side. There, are, We have some great first run theaters on the east side, but there are few and far between. And in this corner of Northeast Los Angeles that we landed in, we have this incredibly thriving community of people who love movies. And we're talking about people who have lived in these neighborhoods for generations. And the Eagle, this almost 100-year-old movie theater that is now our new home, served those families from 1929 until 2000 when it went dark. So we're talking about a lot of people who really want their movie theater back. The theater had a long repertory history itself, which is really interesting and hilarious and fun and charming. And so we looked at that gap and we knew that we wanted to fill it. We did not know we would end up in this theater. I, for a while, I was looking at like auto body shops and black box <laughs> theaters and what could we make? And we knew we needed beer and wine because it's a very hard proposition right now for single screen, especially nonprofit art house theaters to make enough money to sustain themselves in a reasonable way and to keep their prices affordable, which is core to our mission and has been since 85. I want to talk about that because I love what you've said and an offline we've talked about. You're creating an algorithm free, equitable access point for film and human interaction around art. And I think a lot of people think of a theater like this, well, it's going to, the buy-in for each individual, someone who's not in the industry, but is, is a film lover, is this going to be something accessible to them? Because I think the monolith that is Hollywood is often seen as impenetrable and that's not open to everyone. I love the fact that, and, and Claudia, you know, you're, you're championing uh, diversity in film. And I love that this is a woman run, woman founded project how does the cultural zeitgeist or the climate, if you will, informed what you want to do with this space and the decision-making process now and going forward? I think it's a really optimum time in the zeitgeist in our world right now for something that embraces that algorithm-free, inclusive kind of experience. And then, you know, women run. It couldn't be a better time. It's kind of a no-brainer, and we kind of all came together, and we all feel so passionately about that. We've seen the kind of reaction in the community, and not even just in Northeast LA, because this will expand and, and be, you know, for a broad range of people. We've heard the level of excitement during, like, city council hearings, and just people are so thrilled, because there's nothing like this. I mean, we live in, we live in Los Angeles, where you would think there would be more opportunities for community to come together to watch films. 
in Hollywood. I mean, my God, you'd think so, but it just isn't the case. And so, you know, and as we see some other theaters shuttering, sadly, this is an opportunity for people to really embrace this experience. And I just think it's, you know, absolutely the perfect time. COVID notwithstanding. I agree. (laughs) You know, we could be in a different spot. So for example, the box office has come back big. And as more theaters are opening and bigger movies are opening, we're seeing the box office increase. Much as Godzilla versus Kong is likely not the exact kind of movie that you guys would be showcasing. We wouldn't be averse to it. No, yeah. We're, we're open to all kinds of things. You never know. The roots are in the video store. I've been corrected. <laughs> you can have a whole Godzilla festival, you know? I love it. <laughs> or Kong. I love that because there's a fixation on blockbusters right now as the avenue or the way to get people back in theaters and thus show that theaters are still viable. But we don't want to see independent film go the wayside. I've had a concern over the past year that it's going to be, I don't think this is going to happen, but that the small screen is the bastion, the home of lower budgeted films or independent films, and that the movie theater is going to be where the blockbusters are to get people in the theaters. I think it's somewhere in between. I don't want independent cinema to get shut out. I think you guys with your space, uh, with Vidiot's space, with the movie theater, 250 seats, I think you're going to have, that you will be able to essentially create your wish list of movies. And to me, this is why I want to win the super lotto someday so I can buy a theater and then I can be in charge. But I think (laughs) you guys have really, you're creating this. And I think, I don't know who the program director is going to be. Maggie, you seem very uh, in tune with that. Claudia, I mean, your knowledge of film and all that, but I'm just thinking this is just so perfect. I'm a huge fan of this. I looked at the space yesterday and describe the space as it is now, Maggie. Take us through the sights, the sounds, the smells of the of walking through a building that was built in 1929 and a space that hasn't been used since the year 2000 and then make it project into the future what it's going to look like eight, nine months down the road. No big task there. No, no big ask. Um, no pressure. So the building, it's a really interesting space. It's so much what I think of as California architecture, which is things that look small and unassuming from the outside when you go inside are surprising and bigger than you think they are. And high ceilings and little alcoves. Yeah. I mean, it's just no one walks into that space in, in the many, many months that I have been giving people tours of this space. No one has ever walked into that theater and not said, this is so much bigger than I thought it was. It's a trick of the eye from the sidewalk. I have read, there's not a lot of archival on the theater, but what I have found and what I've read was that it was once an 800 seat movie theater. So it's a very big building. As Claudia said, really high ceilings. It was a very functional movie theater. It was never a movie palace. It was meant to put audiences and art together and to really gather the community around film. So the storefront, which I believe is the same era as the theater um, is attached Um, The storefront is what makes this all work for us because it's where we can house our 50,000 titles on Blu-ray and DVD and our rare VHS collection, which will kind of live throughout the space, not so much for rental, more for preservation and to acknowledge that this format still exists and is really an important one. I was going to ask you about that because I didn't know if you were going to rent these out to the stalwarts who still have their VHS and beta players hooked up via some <laughs> coaxial cable to their old Sony Printron. I certainly, I was a big Laserdisc guy back in the day. 
So I love the preservation that you're doing. It's like, I'm really into vinyl. So like there's, I don't have a Victrola in my house, but you know, you don't have the 8s and all that, but it's a really important part of the history. But walking through the building, you really get the sense, and I always love analogies and music and analogies in general, but it reminds me of a guitar that's a beautiful guitar that's been sitting collecting dust for years and it has a soul and it wants to be played. And I feel like you guys are going to bring this beauty back to life, put the strings on it, tune it up and play it for audiences that I think are going to be really excited. 100%. I like that analogy. It really has this old California kind of look. It has a little bit of the, you know, the flavor of Mexican architecture a little bit and Art Deco and, you know, all the stuff that was going on in the 20s architecturally. So you walk in and you feel like you're kind of walking into this wonderland that's kind of been preserved. So it has that magical feeling. And without going into too much detail, because I want people to be, kind of surprised or maybe blown away by this process, but are you going to keep with the original look and feel? Or are you going to do a riff on it? I can't imagine you're like totally try and modernize it, make it look like a eighties era multiplex. But No, but. definitely not. I mean, the interesting thing is the storefront, which will house a video store and certainly display our really iconic 1985, 1980s neon. Um, that will be there in the storefront. And we will, um, we're creating a little bit of a jewel box look in the lobby. There will be VHS everywhere. But the design, we worked with um, an amazing architecture firm called WIC, architecture. And the idea for all of this was to really retain as many details. And there, the details in the theater are pretty limited. Um, there aren't a lot of architectural details, but what there are, we used to really guide the design of the space. The big thing that we're doing is that the interior of the theater is really large. The lobby is really tiny. It was always too tiny. I've heard great stories from people about how miserable it was trying to navigate concessions and find your friends. And it's also none of it is ADA accessible and accessibility and inclusivity is core to our mission. So really figuring out how we could add bathrooms, how we could make things accessible, what we could do to encourage people to stick around and talk about movies before and after they are seen on a big screen we knew that we needed a bigger lobby space and we needed more room for bathrooms and more room for accessibility. So we're slightly decreasing the size of the theater and increasing the size of the lobby. We're putting in a small kitchen area and we'll have really expanded food beyond much beyond concessions. We'll work with local caterers, um, as many businesses run by women and people of color as possible, which is all of them because it's all possible. I think that's great because when I walked in there, it did look like you have like a 350 seat auditorium. When you open those auditorium doors, you're like, holy mackerel, this is a huge space. But then you realize the lobby and the bathroom area, it's totally out of balance. In other words, how can you support that many humans in that lobby space? So I love that you're going to literally move mountains or walls to create (laughs) this smaller theater, although small is a relative term. I mean, 200, am I correct? 250 seats. Yeah, um, that's, still a, a, that's and that's a single screen venue. I think that's really cool. And you even have opera. What's it called? Those opera 
windows. The Juliet balcony. Was that for like special guests to sit up there and watch a performance? No, I think they were decorative. I think they were decorative. Oh. They're, they're really teeny. They're these two little alcoves up at the top, um, sort of um, flanking the stage and the screen area. Yeah. And um, yeah, they're adorable. We are really close friends with the Bob Baker Marionette Theater who have a very similar story to ours as a nonprofit that that had to relocate. I have fantasies about the Bob Baker Marionette Theaters peeking out of the little Julia <laughs> balconies. Oh, no, 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 we're showing Chucky. Yeah, oh totally. Totally. Or, you know, like teaming up with Jim Henson, and you know, getting some <laughs> of the puppets up there. I love that the sky's sort of the limit. Just don't bring those little puppets around late at night outside my window. I really love this. Tell our listeners where the theater's located. Nobody knows the exact date that you'll open. I imagine there'll be a, a grand opening at some point, but just give us the broad strokes. I've been thinking a lot about this lately, and I really feel strongly that the people that have come in, we started this campaign before COVID, and we've been able to maintain it, which is miraculous. Don't ask me how. But I often say that this founding member family, founding members are are donors that are coming in at the $5,000 and above level. They are the bedrock of our relaunch and of everything that we're doing to get the Eagle back up and running. And I often say that our founding members are the people who care most about film in the world. They are the people who believe in it the most, who are willing to get involved with an ambitious project made even more ambitious by the threat of a global pandemic. And those are many people in the industry and some, you know, some quite famous names, but also some people who are not famous and who are not as deep pocketed. We've had everybody from Mark Duplass and Phil Lord and our friend Nate Moore at Marvel, who were our early first in members, who were some of the people I called up really early and said, we have this building, we can do it, but we can't do it by ourselves. And they, again, just believed in the mission of the project. They want it to happen. And then people like Aubrey Plaza, who worked in a video store, and that's where she got her start, and Paul Shear and Ryan Johnson and Karina Longworth, and then many people whose names you might not recognize. Our friend Sabrina Jimenez came out of out of the ether and said, I believe in this so much. She's an editor. She's an amazing editor. But she's also a normal person and, well, normal. Uh, no, none of us are normal. <laughs> we're not normal. <laughs> All or none. She really dug deep and um, our friendly Leonora Pitts dug deep and just said, this is something I want in my community. And there's a, a long list of those people. I also, it's really fun to also bring in people like Alex Winter. Oh, yeah has been a Vidiot's customer since I believe he can correct me if I'm wrong since the eighties. Uh-huh. And we have a lot of his work on VHS, his early work on VHS. That's especially meaningful. And then we have a lot of founding members who live in the neighborhood who um, have reached out and just said, I live on Yosemite, which is our cross street. We're at 4884 Eagle Rock Boulevard in Eagle Rock. And the neighborhood is kind of uh, both Eagle Rock and Highland Park and Glendale's very close by. So it's it's kind of this little hub of a lot of Pasadena's super close by. And they lost the Rialto years ago. So, you know, it's just, yeah. And I love that it's a, you know, this is a company town, if uh, to say it one way, that so many people rely on the entertainment industry for their livelihoods, but also people who just rely on entertainment to feed their souls to have 
a location like this to, to really manifest the love we all have for cinema in a real world place within an architectural space that we can be in, not a virtual space, but a real space. And then they have the Vidiot's uh, brand and the video store, more of a an archival look at the video world of VHS and perhaps beta. I'm a big beta guy, uh, but uh, yeah, we don't have any beta. That was, that <laughs> was a decision Patty and Kathy made that I think was probably wise in the long run. <laughs> it's just amazing. Now, where can we find you? Can people donate whatever amount they want to this great initiative? Yes. So people can get involved. They can learn more at our website, which is vidiotsfoundation.org. People can absolutely reach out directly to me, especially anyone who's like, oh, founding members. Hmm, let me think about that. And by the way, we do invite founding member pods. So we have a few people, two brothers that came in together. We have some friends that have made a little pod, cobbled together $5,000 to get their names on the on the VHS and neon wall. Oh, that's cool. And so people can reach out to me. I'm Maggie at vidiotsfoundation.org. And then, of course, we've also, you know, really existed for the last year on the incredible, incredible generosity of people who are making micro donations and medium sized donations and every single dollar counts. We are an organization. We have no fat on our bones. We are a streamlined as it can be organization, <laughs> largely because the people who are involved just are completely devoted to this and getting those doors open is the most important thing we can do right now. So donations of a dollar make a difference. They really truly make a difference. Okay. That's really good to know. Now, are we thinking late 21 or early 22? I don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I mean, cause I know this is a, you know, a moving target a bit, but when, when do you expect you'll be open for that grand opening day? We're really, really looking to early 22. Some of that is dependent on um, fundraising and on getting to to a position where we feel we can start construction and then maintain the pace to get the doors open. COVID's definitely, you know, thrown some some obstacles Monkey in our wrenches. way. Yeah. Monkey wrenches, yeah. <laughs> Monkey wrenches. Monkey wrenches. But at the same time, the timing has never been better. People need and want these spaces. And I feel pretty strongly that by early next year, um, we will be in a position to safely and in a really, really celebratory way, get those doors open. Awareness is really key. So, you know, folks telling the story and putting on their T-shirts and buying a T-shirt and wearing it and talking about who we are and what we're doing is enormously important. Do you have a website or somewhere people can go to help? Vidiotsfoundation.org. Vidiotsfoundation.org. Backslash donate. <laughs> Backslash you better donate. Otherwise, don't show up. And then you offer tours like Maggie just gave to Paul. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. The tour yeah. is amazing. I felt like Phantom of the Opera going up in that <laughs> production room. I wouldn't want to be there late at night alone. I'll tell you that. Not right now. Like, well, it's <laughs> you can literally smell the history. There's probably place. some cool cinematic ghosts hanging out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and I love you know I'm there by myself all the time. Oh, oh sorry, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're like Casper. 
they're the friendly yeah. kind. If she yeah. not ghosts, exactly. they're really good ones. They're really good ones. They just want to watch movies again. Yeah. That's all they want. yeah. yeah. Right. We got to support that. So <laughs> thank you so much. I know how involved you are with this. Oh, real quick though. Is it going to be called Vidiots or what is the name of the theater? Or can you divulge that yet? Oh, for sure. So Vidiots is Vidiots. Video I mean, really the whole space is Vidiots. But we really, first of all, a movie theater called The Eagle is about as cool as it gets. And we really want to bring the history of the space back. So the the movie theater will be called The Eagle. You can call it whatever you want. I'm going over to Vidiots. I'm going over to The Eagle. It doesn't matter what <laughs> right. you call it. It's there and it's for the community and it's for you. And when we're open and successful, we can be a blueprint for other organizations like us around the globe. Yeah. And that is the ultimate goal is to keep this institution alive, to keep this culture healthy and thriving for future generations. So you can call it what you want, but it's, uh, it's the eagle <laughs> and it's videos and it's for everybody. I love it. I think the seagull will fly. <laughs> the eagle will have landed. <laughs> I love it. Well, Maggie McKay, Claudia Puig, Vidiots, the coolest thing I've heard about in a really long time. And if you love movies, movie theaters, the big screen, and the small screen via VHS, you're going to absolutely love it. And there'll be wine and beer at some point. I really encourage everyone to to go to the website and uh, vidiots.org, is that correct? Vidiotsfoundation.org. And support your local cinema and by local i mean if you live anywhere in the world any cinema that's doing this is your local cinema so thank you both for being here i really appreciate you appearing today on many screens big picture for comscore thank you both i'll see you soon on the big screen thank you thanks paul 